This is Chronic Victory Podcast number 67 with me, David Montez. Thanks for joining us. And I say us because I have here today Hannah McDowell. She is my friend. She is formed the local pain group that I am a part of. And we are called Mad Dazzle. And we, oh, what is our, what is our symbol? Like a zebra? A zebra? It is a zebra. Because yeah, they have stripes. <laughs> and we'll get into that. She is a nurse extraordinaire. She is the physical embodiment of cool. And she gets it. She just, you'll see what I mean. It's just like, this chick gets it. And uh, she has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, among other things. EDS for short. So when you hear us say EDS or hypermobility, that's what we're talking about. And I've mentioned it before in previous episodes, but let's, uh, hi, Hannah. How are you? Hi, I'm uh, all right today. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we've been wanting to do this for months, but just finally got it. Even today, it was like up in the air a few times, but in hey. zebra fashion. <laughs> exactly. That's that's how it is for us. And so let's let's get the superhero origin story out of the way. Who are you and uh, what happened to you? Give us, give us a rundown about like what you deal with, the things you are doing with your life, um, some of the procedures that you had done. Because you had some crazy stuff done. Yeah, random. Yeah. And yeah. you're still working <laughs> as a nurse, which is awesome. So real live superhero on the show. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, uh, thanks for being here. Give, give us the rundown. We'll get we'll get the superhero origin story out of the way and then we'll get into the, the good stuff the new stuff yeah Yeah. um well i guess i noticed pain pretty early on in life and sought out a diagnosis quite often until you know people just told me that was normal in growing pains you know and klutzy (laughs) very klutzy um all the braces happened um crushes things like that and just thought that was normal thought that I was just you know me. So it was like injuries or pain or both uh both um like I love sports you know and I was really into them when I was young um when I was able to do them I guess you know into them in a different way now but I would just fall and hurt myself or like just hurt myself way worse than I should have. Yeah. And that just kept happening, but I'd like get better because children have amazing yeah. <laughs> healing abilities. It's, you know, even as with EDS, I think, you know, not always, I suppose some people have it much worse, but um, just one day, like I had like real bad stomach pain and then lasted forever. And finally, like I went to the doctor Um, stubborn even then Um, I was about 11 and they took an x-ray for some reason because I had stomach pain I don't I guess it kind of makes sense now being a nurse but (laughs) it's very strange to me Um, but they found real bad scoliosis and I was told like I had this brace that I had to wear every night and that just made it worse a few months later and it got so bad that they were like you're going to have to do this surgery or you're not going to walk, you know? Oof. So I did that. <laughs> that was going to be 22 years ago. That was 22 years ago? Yeah. That's, that happened. <laughs> I have no idea where that time went. But yeah, I just 
kept having pain. And I figured after that, like it was from the surgery and so did everyone else. But, you know, things just kept happening after that. Like not until I was like mid twenties and donating blood once and got a big old blood clot for minor happenings, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just kept at it, I guess. Um, and part of your that. surgery was spinal fusion, right? Yeah. So both sides, um, there's rods on both sides just holding me up from pretty high, um, like L4 or no L3, L4 space down to like T4, T3, T4 space. Yeah. That's intense. Just a lot of the back, like shoulders to hips. How long (laughs) were you like that in that state after surgery? Like, did you have an additional brace afterwards um, or? No, they kind of just put me in a wheelchair for a couple of days while I was in the hospital. Let me go after like maybe a week, I think. Like, oh, you can stand, you can go home. <laughs> and just send and then, you into the wild, essentially. <laughs> yeah, just like, here you go. You'll heal. Be great. <laughs> and then I retaught myself how to walk with, you know, a walker at 12 years old, getting homeschooled, which was not my strength um having ADHD <laughs> I was just like cool, cool. are we done yet <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> did that for I was out like three months only only it's a long time <laughs> yeah I feel like it should have been longer <laughs> and you were 12 did you did you start losing friends and stuff with those oh, like was it yeah people were just like distant from you and like what happened to that chick and just didn't really see you around and what was that like um well you know at first school sends the card and you know everybody signs it and that felt good you know Mm -hmm. like it does (laughs) but then yeah I had like nobody stop over you know but I was like real fucked up I guess sorry (laughs) but like I barely could walk for like a month I couldn't even roll myself over. Like I had to stay in bed, get rotated every two hours like a potato. So <laughs> there were a couple of them that really stood by, you know? Yeah. But yeah, going back to school was so awkward though. Oh my gosh. When did that happen? I would say like right towards the end of the year, maybe about this time. What I had surgery in November, maybe March, yeah, March, April area, I guess I went back. Yeah. So like right before school ended. So everybody was like into their groove and I'd been out since November. And it's you like know? brand new to you still. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Did like you walk at that time when you went back walk. to school? Yes. But I was very tender. Yeah. Still. And very, you know, like I didn't know I had EDS and like I was still, it was still very much painful like surgeries do, you know, and I feel, I don't know if other people had that experience necessarily other than the one other person I know that had the back surgery has EDS. Um, yeah, I was just still sore and people, there were certain people that didn't believe me that I had the surgery for, I don't know why. <laughs> Rods are in there, bro. <laughs> like, Why would you make these things up? <laughs> like kids or, or adults or yeah. who? Anybody. I didn't really have the capacity to read adults yet. <laughs> yeah. Mad. Okay. Happy. <laughs> um, 
like one kid we ended up being friends but this is gonna sound terrible he actually like pushed me up against a wall like pretty hard like hip checked me just to see if it was real <laughs> I was like hmm, damn it's fucked up I'm like who but yeah yeah that sounds nice yeah different times don't know where that kid is now but <laughs> yeah yeah. So how did you that, transition like, from school as a kid to a teenager and then after high school? What was that transition like physically, but also how, where were you at mentally with that? Did you start to notice? Well, I assume you noticed that this was an issue, but did you realize this is going to be what were you thinking? This is going to be forever or what's going on here? Or did it not work or what was that like? So as a kid, I just believed everyone. Right. Um, but you know, the growing pains and then like as a teenager, it was like, I must just be extra sensitive, clumsy kind of thing and whatever this pain, but it just kept getting worse. So like early twenties, I didn't really have health insurance. Um, So I just dealt with it and thought it was just part of normal life. And I was just super sensitive and everybody else was just like, this wasn't anything to anybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's not their body. They can't feel it. They don't know. No. Um, like everybody felt it kind of thing, but I'm the only one that's like bothered by it. If Mm. that makes sense. Like maybe it was normal, but then like the weird stuff started happening like the blood clot and like all the other weird diagnoses. And I just kept getting more and more pain. And eventually when I got health insurance again, I just kept looking into it and kept doing whatever they wanted basically. But like if the one doctor, like one specialty said, like they couldn't find anything, you know, like when you go to ortho and they take x-rays and you can't see what's wrong with us in x-rays. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, eventually like certain things can show, um, with the hypermobility type, but at first, like, it doesn't look like anything. Um, and the pain, they just think you're drug seeking, even though like you don't ever ask for drugs. You just want to know what the fuck is up and you want to like do whatever. Um, so I just got in the mindset, like, okay, do physical therapy, like do the things and, that's hopefully going to work. Right. (laughs) You know, it's going to go away. I'm going to get stronger and, you know, things improved. So I thought, you know, just keep doing that, but then more weird stuff, you know, and I finally got a doctor that was like, I don't know, let's just check this out. Um, it's far-fetched. I, you know, it's so rare, but you know, these, other diagnoses and you're super flexible <laughs> kind of thing. Um, let's just check it out. Why not? And right before that, I actually tripped and hit my, like, well, I was walking back from paying for gas, right. <laughs> just out in the parking lot. Um, and I like made it almost to my car, but I stepped on a small crack and <laughs> my ankles just rolled Right. And I hit my temple on my driver's side car mirror and blanked out for like a second or two. And I just like stood back up like, 
okay, you just closed your eyes, right? <laughs> like, just go to work. Um, so I did <laughs> for two days. And then I started realizing, like, I started forgetting um, names of medications and stuff that I'd been dealing with. I was uh, working in a specialty, like hepatology. And with hepatology, like, it's a specialty, you're dealing with a lot of the same medications over and over again, like, classically, you know, with one diagnosis, you're seeing only whatever diagnoses relate to that. So you have all the same medications and I kept forgetting them and it got worse. And so I went to the hospital, (laughs) you know, um, stubborn like that. I feel like no, you know, I, in that state, like I was just like, nobody's going to believe me that this is happening. Like every time I'm just like, I try to really make sure something's wrong before I go in. Yeah. Especially at that point, it was like, I just felt like I was making shit up or, you know what I mean? So I was like, okay, concentrate. Like, is this just something that can be easily fixed or like go in? But, um, so I took a pretty long time. I actually had a pretty severe concussion after that fall and I had a small like stroke. Um, just a small stroke, small stroke, no big deal. Yeah. Dang. Looking back, you know, <laughs> that's intense. Um, yeah. But like right, so right after that, like I go to this geneticist and he's like asking me about things that have happened. And then I like casually bring that up just like I did. Cause I feel like it's just such a weird thing, I guess. And he was just like, yep, you've got ADS. And then like, after that, i you know, went through the concussion stuff, whatever, but like with EDS, it just felt like, I don't know, like I was so, okay, cool. Everybody's going to know what to do with me. Right. Cause like I have this diagnosis, like, yeah, it's kind of rare, but like, there's a manual for this <laughs> right? Mm. somewhere out there. And there's the, <laughs> after that. So tell, tell us a bit about EDS because I always associate it with joint hypermobility and injuries but it's more complex from what i understand and you're kind of my unofficial eds go-to especially (laughs) meeting you in in the group and so usually if i have eds concerns or something question i'll bring it up to you but i i always talk about the joint hypermobility most because that's that's how it applies to me in my life and the things that i know best because I'm always having surgeries as a <laughs> part-time job. Yeah. But what else what else is that? Cuz what for people that are just like, well, you guys are stretchy and you bend more, what else comes with it? Yeah, that's the visible bit, which is really hard for people that we could have such a bad physical disability and you can't see it. But it is something with the collagen like a deficiency or not sure if the research is done yet. Um, Cause I don't know about time anymore, but um, you can't reabsorb it or you don't make it anymore. Something happens. And so, so much of your body is made with collagen. Um, it keeps stuff together, you know, um, skin cells and um veins like your vascular system veins and arteries all that stuff your heart all your organs it your brain and your brain development is very strongly linked with that 
And the idea is that so much, a lot of people could have this, be it a gene or multiple genes that are already in them, but not at like quote unquote activated. Whereas like the idea is you go through some sort of physical trauma or say like a car accident or some sort of, you have some sort of illness with lasting um, symptoms or side effects that could kind of, in lack of better terms, unlock and open up, kind of activate these genes and that can change your body and the way your body works. Yeah. um, That's the way I understand it can work, but nobody really has the solid proof. We just have good leads. Right. Nobody has exact answers, which is a big problem (laughs) just Mm. because there are so many of us. There's just so many other easier answers. Yeah. Yeah. And people, people, some people get it so bad that they like their organs tear even like their innards tear and then they can die. And I, Oh, it's so, there's so many that are, I mean, everybody is so different. I mean, you can have one and not have it that bad, but you know, most of them have it terribly, you know, it's, it doesn't care (laughs) Um, about you and your feelings at all. (laughs) I think strongly in your genes. Um, I think collagen and maybe the stuff that goes before it, you know, it has influence on how your genes are replicating and doing that stuff. And I think general wear and tear on the collagen that you have, and um, you just make things worse and things, (laughs) things um, that you did that you didn't feel like made anything worse might have. You know, like that one thing you did when you were younger, like jumping off something and all of a sudden you realize like, well, I had this disorder that that shit's probably not going to grow back as well. And things are going to progress easier, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, it can just affect so much. And there are different types of EDS, which I don't know. I feel like they could be their own their own thing. They are their own thing, but like the vascular type, it does affect your organs and your, or your, you know, your arteries and your heart and the wear and tear on that, like just from your heart pumping the blood and getting high blood pressure ever. And if you don't know you have it, like you just do stuff you think is, you know, that is part of people's normals, you know, and you're doing damage. And a lot of those people, unfortunately just don't live very long because of that, you know, and because of just what it does. And then there's people like the hypermobility main ones that get their extra stuff and have their time with different diagnoses of different parts of the body. And most of us, I'd say the vast majority of us deal with such pain constantly that everything else is just like, okay, well, I can kind of make it through that. Mm -hmm. And then the pain is just like, well, that's not going away. Let's find a way to mentally deal with that. Speaking of a totally unfair question, but do you think, which do you think is more difficult part of it all, the mental or the physical, or what is the most difficult part of it all in your view? That is because it obviously has both. It's an unfair question because it's both, but What's your view on it? Yes, it is both. And I think it ebbs and flows between the two. Um, But I think the physical part of it 
influences the mental part of it so much and that physical part of it keeps happening or like the unknown keeps happening and you're not always getting answers. And I think that really affects the mind. So I might think the mental part might be the part that you really have to focus um, on as well. You know, you can't just do one without the other. What advice would you have for people who are dealing with the unknown and it's not necessarily EDS, um, but if they are concerned and and want to get tested for EDS, how would somebody start or where would you go for that? Um, Cause we kind of have like one dude where we live <laughs> that everybody sees. Yeah. Every um, new group member is like, have you guys heard of this guy? And we're all like, yeah, we know that guy. <laughs> we're all like, yup. Yeah. <laughs> We got that guy's personal him. number, man. I guess, uh, oh, he's on my yeah, speed I, dial. I just, uh, that's so unfortunate because there is so much limitation for so many people to access to doctors that know anything about it or could even yeah. fathom the idea. Um, and that's not trying to be unfair <laughs> um, to them because they are very very smart people but it's yeah just, and there is like genetic testing that can be for a gotten. lot of them for but a lot of the types yeah but not all the types right not some of the all types, the types there's no yeah. test i have faith that there will be somebody <clears throat> that can help us someday with that and that's the worst because that's the type we have i think right yeah can't be seen genetically yet right yet yet i think there actually is somebody that's working on that so if they hear this thank you yeah <laughs> every bit of my what a you know my soul but um i just wish people access to providers that at least think of it whether or not they can diagnose it i just hope they find people that believe everything they say and can put that together um and it's mainly your primary doctor, um, the one who is seeing you for everything sees, you know, isn't just focused on one or, you know, a few diagnoses, whatever is going on with you and just hope, <laughs> just keep fighting, you know, like don't settle for this will just be part of your life. You know, you deserve answers and you deserve a better direction because it does influence the care that you get from others. Mm-hmm. You said something to me one of the first times we spoke because I was talking about my discrepancy, the discrepancies I was experiencing with diagnosis. And I was, I was, I think I was talking about POTS because I have POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia. It's a dumb name. I'll I'll put it in the, maybe I'll put it in the link. Anyways, I'm getting in the weeds here, but I was talking about that because one doctor, I took a test and it was obvious to me because I felt miserable during this testing that yes, I had this and he says I have this and he's the guide to see. And then follow-up was like, well, you can go to this clinic called the Faint and Fall Clinic and um, they can help you out living your life with this thing. And I'm like, great. And then I go there and they say, well, we would have done the test differently. So we don't think you have the thing. Mm -hmm. And you immediately, we were one of the first times we spoke, you're like, no, you have it. And I was like, this chick gets it. (laughs) And what I I actually learned a lot from that simple thing you told me, though, it's sometimes you're going to know 
I mean, you know, already know your body better than the person that's treating you or testing you. But if you get into some sort of predicament, and I've never been in that situation before where two sides were arguing for a while. And and the from what I understand is like, if you have any symptoms on the table when they're testing you, that's abnormal. And that you, that's an indication that you have this thing, which is POTS, where the other people agreed. And I'm like, well, what does it matter how, because they were, the discrepancy with the number of seconds I was on the table for. So it didn't even make sense. But other than just, do I let them take that away or like do you, even if, even if they refuse to put it on my chart or something, what, what do I do with that? No, I, I'm going to continue with what I believe and what I know is happening to my body. And like, I think some people, and I, I don't know if I didn't have you to say that to me, if I really would have believed it, but then it was like, finally the stamp was there. And it's like, yeah, this, this is real. Like you, yeah. you have to believe it. Yeah. And you, they don't put the diagnosis on there, but you have the symptoms like there with POTS, especially there's, you just have mainly, you just have to be careful and, you know, do the things, stay hydrated, don't stand up fat, you know, they, there's not like a solid, okay, that's going to make it go away forever. That's mm-hmm. you're cured or, you know, just take this pill every day kind of thing. Um, so you just, you treat it the same, you know, you take care of yourself. And if that's working, like you don't have to search me, far, you know, yeah. it's just, it's frustrating. And I can you focus know. on living and how I'm going to do this instead of, you know, will somebody validate what's going on with me? Sometimes it has to, you know, and it's sometimes. like um process of elimination. Was it like that for you too? Because I took the genetic yes. testing. Guess what? They all came back negative, but then there's the type that you can't <laughs> test for. So it would indicate to you that it's like, oh, it's got to be that type because yeah. everything else is clear. It, that's exactly the perfect example is um, Ehlers-Danlos because there is no official, you got it. You know, there's just a bunch of symptoms that like line up to likely be, but you can't confirm it like with a blood test or genetics or whatever. And And the symptoms represent so many other illnesses and ailments. It's so confusing. They're like little ninjas. Yeah. So many weird things that you'd be like, well, that's for 80 year old people. That would never happen. (laughs) (laughs) Like your toes going numb. Mm, Yes. Just real bad arthritis. Just young you know low 30s i feel like that's really young sounds familiar don't feel young (laughs) well that's when i knew you were a safe person you're a true support person no you got it just like totally fuck those people you got it yeah (laughs) because you've been through the same experience and that was great so absolutely and you just if you wanted that diagnosis you just get a second opinion people aren't always doctors aren't always the same doctors you know what i mean yeah. like like that difference between the two like arguing you know yeah and i usually usually got to go with your gut there i mean who's and who's being real with you the doctor yeah. that re- told me about your pain group that's a doctor in the same organization that you work for yeah is one that i trust and and he won't bullshit you he's just like no. sometimes we just don't know um and I'm I'm trying to put all the pieces like of the things going on together, but it's like too big of a picture. And sometimes I just don't have the answer. And I'm sorry, 
but like, here's a direction we could take for now. So we're doing something and we're trying to learn. And I'm like, that's a perfect response as opposed to maybe we can test some more or, or I don't know, somebody just dismissing it and be like, you're actually healthy. I think you might just need therapy or something. Everything looks fine on paper. So yeah, because I've met some of those too, or just, and it's unfortunate. And some of them you can't argue with them because they, they're an MD and you're not, you know how that goes. So, yeah, and they, but they're, they're kind of like the giver uppers where they're just like, no, you have the clean bill of health and there's nothing you need uh, psychotherapy and pills, but there's an actual physical problem going on where that's where I really respect this dude that sent me your way. Yeah. I mean, you honestly, I believe that is the best kind of provider to get for anyone is somebody that will listen and be honest with you and not act arrogant. Like they have all the answers and just as willing to walk through it with you. If you're willing to put in the time, they definitely are too. Yeah. Cause that's a lot too. Like it's a lot of doctor appointments and yeah. it's overwhelming and I've quit and I work in a doctor's office. I know how, bad that can be like you can just be so fatigued like doctor appointment fatigue that should be a diagnosis i don't know if it is but you just can't do it all the time i think i in 2011 or 2009 maybe things before i got married i i counted like 93 appointments Mm -hmm. that year not including testing so that was just appointment i'm thinking like real doctor appointments yeah like a Excellent third of the year, year yeah. just about, I was at a clinic. That's messed yeah. up. That's a yeah. lot. I mean, I believe it. You know, and that's with, I mean, you have had plenty of surgeries and stuff like that, but there are some out there that have so many diagnoses like going wrong, you know what I mean? And yeah. so many specialists too, you know, it's incredible. Like everybody, it's just so much time. So much time, doctor's appointment. And then are you really living your life or it's like, right, what am I doing? Yeah, that's why I've stopped, you know, stopped for a while because it's just so much like, is this helping or am I just, am I chasing my tail constantly, you know, and makes me depressed. Am I ever going to get, yeah. Am I ever going to get any answer like about anything or um, is that going to kill me this time? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the magical question I always talk, I always ask that on this show. <laughs> well, is this going to kill you? Maybe. Feels like it. Sure feels know. like it, man. You know, eventually one thing might, but so far I just feel like a bad bitch and like nothing can kill me. Like a, all the crazy shit I've been through. You are life. a bad bitch. Well, thank you. In the best way. <laughs> in the best feminist way possible <laughs> yeah. so what do you do about it what do you do about all this then you formed a, a local group that's one thing i, I did i needed what made it, you want to do uh, that the mental side of this um just going through it alone like feeling so alone they're like oh it's rare i there might be like four people in this area that have it mm-hmm. and like i don't know i went on those Facebook groups and I just felt like it was just such a dumping ground for negativity. And just, if this happens to you, this will happen to you. Like, and so many different sides of everything. You don't know what's real or what's fair. Like if everybody's emotions are just in it or 
people who just want to say shit, <laughs> you know, and I just wanted to like form real connection with people that were hopefully around here. <laughs> yeah. And it turns know? out there's more than four. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or else I've, well, no, cause I, we have more than four in the uh, support group. So, yeah. <laughs> and you facilitated this space where people can yeah. still like air their grievances, but yeah, I, as we were talking recently, it's needs to be in like a productive way. And that's where it kind of aligns with this podcast and, and what I do still. Cause it's like, okay, we already established that X, Y, and Z sucks and we're mad about it. And we don't like it and it's bad, but what do we do now? Like, what do we do with that? Yeah. How do we support each other? How do I support myself? How do I deal with it when you don't know people that can understand it? It's more of the how and the why, right? Yeah. I want people to be able to be like, this sucks. I had the shitty day. I had everything going on, you know, but um, I want to focus on how we can help each other. Like if we have any words of wisdom or like if we you just want to say that shit, <laughs> you know, and yeah. say it to some people that get it. Like we've likely been in a similar situation. Like this person, I opened up to them about this and I'm being really vulnerable and they don't get it at all. When that hurts, that's unfortunately happened to all of us that I, you know, that I've known, you know, in one form or the other. And it's, I feel like it was important to do that, not only for myself, but, you know, I always, I have this sense of duty, like, you know, I'm going through this too. Like, let's help each other. If it is this rare, let's help each other navigate this craziness. (laughs) Yeah. It's another thing I love about you and you're still working, which is like a lot of us aren't like I'm one of them that like, I just can't right now. And I don't know if I will. I don't know. I hope yeah. to someday. Yeah. Um, Cause you plan, you have plans, but the plans don't always work out. So right. we'll see. That's the biggest joke in life is plans. You got plans. <laughs> you make that into a t-shirt. Holy shit. Right? The biggest joke in life is to have plans. It is though, like <laughs> Hannah McDowell, episode oh. sixty-six. <laughs> it's perfect. I've easy payments of ninety-nine ninety-nine. Who's got a cricket? <laughs> we do. My wife could. Oh, what? Heck yeah! Give me your shirt size. This is happening. Right. I'm serious. Oh, I'm not even kidding. A large. <laughs> All right. Expect it. Yeah. Who's got a cricket? <laughs> I mean, it's a legit question. That is is legit. Yeah, you're still working though, but you're also feeling what I felt. Again, I'm not saying like something's going to happen, look out, but uh, it's just like similar experience to me. Um, But feeling burnout, especially COVID times. Oh my God. So much, so much shortage of I just called one of the clinics of the org that you work for yesterday and they said that we couldn't get in because they didn't have enough staff and i'm like what yeah that's gnarly (laughs) that is gnarly and it wasn't even it was something like you could do in a few minutes it's yeah i couldn't believe it but then i thought about you and i'm like makes sense i mean you feel burnout you're working extra hours in the meantime you're dealing with all this physical stuff trying to navigate life 
yeah, just tossing in uh, doctor's appointments when I have a minute, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Be honest with me. Do you feel like you're suffering in it or do you feel lucky that you can still do it? Or is it sometimes one or the other? Is it sometimes both or? Currently I feel pretty lucky in a way. Like, yeah, Yeah. it's hard. Don't get me wrong. Um, It is not saying that because it's been easy, Um, but I am not using assistive devices right now and I'm working out and I'm doing my job and some days are real hard, (laughs) Yeah, but I'm, I'm doing the thing. I'm trying each day. And I found that that was helpful for me in certain periods, you know, like just waking up and doing what I can and trying hard, but not, you know, saving, saving a spoon or two, (laughs) just in case, (laughs) but, um, really in general, lucky. Um, I don't have my finger braces. (laughs) Like I am not in the hospital right now. Nothing's, oh man. I need to find someone. Hold on. <laughs> um, nothing. You look so frightened just now. I should not say this out loud. <laughs> that just came out so easily. Yeah. Just like asking for the universe to prove me wrong. Um, Because <laughs> something can always, something's always. Can there happen. will be the next. It can thing. always be worse. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah never say well at least it's not worse because it can be i ask because i remember one of my one of the last times i had like patrol duty which was meant a lot to me was like um and i felt like it was almost over i felt like i don't think i can this is gonna work anymore i can't do this and i was already on light duty from like hip surgery number one and so i remember it was like reading books at a daycare with kids and and playing on the playground i just remember like that was the best shift i'd ever had i somehow just felt like i think this is the last time i'm gonna do this in the and have my uniform on it just like hit me really hard because of all the training and the time and the hours you went through and and you have no idea where your life's going next the the part of your soul that it has, you know what I mean? In your heart, you know, yeah. hanging out with those kids and doing the, the serving bit. Yeah. Some <laughs> active know? service or, or like, that's where another thing you and I have in common is like, we're the, we're the helpers or we try to be. Yeah. And if, if you can't help, then you don't feel like you're yourself or you don't feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do. You know? Yeah. That was a tough one. Definitely great. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, but you have found another way to help people too. Yeah. And I was thinking, I, I think soon you've inspired me, but I think soon I'm going to start my own uh, group for the podcast internationally. So people that aren't from around here, uh, just like a handful, see if anybody's interested. I'm sure. And do that. Yeah. It's like it's- a supplement to this. It started slow, but it grows. Yeah. And then give those people some ownership in something like this podcast is um, like, I I already, I don't talk about people specifically, but some situations that people brought up from the past groups or, or even bad groups I've been a part of and in other places that didn't go so well, like those experiences and kind of what it, what you learn from it. 
but yeah, it's important to put what it, you learn and give somebody some, you know, allow them to, you can input here. What do you, what do you think people want to hear about in the, in, in this podcast or, or something and let them own that part of it. Like this came from, Hey, this came from me and he shared it through the thing. And now people are listening to it. And so if I can give them that and they can be attached to something be a part of something, because for me on the outside, not working again, uh, it's like, I need something to put my hands to or do, or I'm just totally lost some days other than parenting. Cause parenting was like a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hands on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, I don't know. I think it's a lot of pressure to deal with on your own. Yeah. Especially because likely the people you're spending your time with, like your friends, your close people, like your family. Sometimes you what lose is friends? friends, right? What you friends be, are right. It's hard. Like you're always canceling stuff. Like sometimes yeah. even if you like, I call into work a lot because it's unbearable like the pain or whatever it is you know whatever is going on yeah i used to got to get a lot of hard time for calling in i don't know how that's how that is in your world but yeah well it's i don't know i it's hard for people to understand while also not being frustrated by the work that they have to take on i guess right <laughs> they won't understand unless they're, they're you but they might get sour because somebody's got to cover those hours. And that's how it was yeah. for me. And then whoever it was yeah. is like, Oh, you feeling better? Great. Like, <laughs> must have been really bad. And you're like, it was. I don't know what else to so say. So terrible yesterday. <laughs> uh, must must be nice. Must be nice. Like, yeah, you're just you enjoy okay. that beautiful day outside. <laughs> I get it. You're just upset because you had to work more. I get it. I'm sorry, but uh you're still an effective member of the team, no doubt. So like I started having those doubts or people did at least. And, and then once you get back, you're like effective again and you're there. So there was, there's not really a lot that people can say, but still just like doing that with, and that relationship with colleagues gets tough. Sometimes it's nice to talk to somebody that knows shift work. (laughs) It, It really is. Yeah. Like somebody that's salary, they're like, what do you mean you don't go home when you're done? What do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? I just, I want to know what that's like. <laughs> I don't know. I do wonder, like, what, what if I was in an office? Would I, right? would I be what? okay? Like, is that where what? I belong? I like eight, eight to five meant eight to five. You're saying I can sleep past six? Right. <laughs> A.M.? What are you talking oh about? Some people don't even have to be to work till like nine or ten. Are you high? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nine or 10, nine to five work like three days a week. (laughs) Even when I worked at Walgreens as a teenager, I didn't have my, my hours were like 10 to seven or something weird. (laughs) Like it didn't make sense. They make kids work the worst. (laughs) So what do you think about, we had a recent conversation about kind of the mentality of people who are quote unquote newer to the game. Or, you know, they're not this whole thing about chronic illness or like having a persistent thing to deal with in life is still new to them. And some of them get hung up and get these distorted beliefs of that they're just doomed or they're like rotten human beings or that just like everything's bad. And they rightfully so are are like angry because 
terrified like probably. We get, yeah, yeah like scared like they don't know what's going on half the time like we don't even know what's going on half the time and we think we know what's going on yeah. <laughs> if that makes like, sense there's no cure yeah like yeah and shit's just gonna keep happening and there's a lot of no answers and there's this sort of it it almost progresses into like well we've talked about before some sort of victimhood mentality or victim mentality where it's kind of inaccurate and even irresponsible thinking that they're that no matter what anybody says they're they're doom and gloom all the time they get stuck there and then they're living their life like they're it's like trying to put out a fire by throwing gasoline on it yeah where sometimes tough love would you call it is necessary like what do you think about tough love and the whole victim mindset versus like taking ownership and own not not saying cure and rid yourself of what's going on but taking ownership of it and taking action the best you can and i'm i'm not saying save the world either i'm just saying (laughs) do a thing you know yeah because i want people to know how great they are and, and that they can be happy even if things suck yeah i think you know sometimes people need that period and i had a little bit of it um well i had a little bit more than i would have liked to of that where i was just like shit keeps going wrong there's this diagnosis there's no cure for that either there's nothing you know i could probably try a couple things but it's just going to end up the same way you know things who knows what's next but I really wish that I had somebody personally that would have been like, Hey, this diagnosis is basically just information on your body. And you just have to keep taking care of it and doing the next thing that you know how and keep trying, you know, and it is going to be hard. It's still hard for me. You know, it's even though like, I know a lot about the body. I, work in healthcare. I also, you know, I've known for a while, I think my diagnosis was 2016 and that's, I was relatively lucky getting diagnosed at all, let alone in my twenties. Yeah. And it's just a lot of unanswered things, but I just, I really hope people can calm their mind about it, you know, and just be like, well, this is what I have to deal with today. Like researching it all the time, hurts the soul you know there's so many worst case scenarios out there and so many things that pretty likely you know but you're not there or you don't want to just expect things are going to go wrong which is easy yeah anxiety almost takes control and starts driving when you go to enough doctor's appointments you're like this is my life now some ways it is (laughs) but you know it's just how do you get past that? How do you find happiness in things? How do you find joy in your life with all that being said? Because it's definitely unrealistic to just be like, I'm happy all the time because I want to <laughs> be. It's just not, that's just not how yeah. we work. Well, I've kind of accepted that I might be in pain every day, probably. <laughs> and then sometimes it's going to be tolerable and sometimes it's not. If you can't deal with it, that's okay. You can break down, <laughs> you know, and if you can try, but don't push it, just trying to take every day like that, trying to take that mentality. Like if you can't go to 16 doctor's appointments, try to space them out a little bit, give yourself a break. Mm. Um, If you can, if you're like severely declining, please go to the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, But you sometimes you just can't, 
and you need people to talk to and just that's what I try to do I have that group and I try to talk to y'all when I can and hearing stories that I can relate to but inspirational too like all of you are just so you know like well I've made it through this and I'm keep doing this but this is my journey you know and Mm -hmm. it's it's incredible and it just lets me know like each day just do what you can and that's what I keep repeating to myself just do what you can do what you can do that's enough yes that is enough it is enough to do that because I am gonna have to deal with a lot of things and it's (laughs) Just got to take it as it comes and try the best for yourself. Do you still have moments like you do feel hopeless and things are, you're just not going to get better? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. As, as yeah. I'm saying that, I'm like thinking of all the times I, I break, like we break and that's fine. Yeah. But I think, I think what the important part is probably, and I don't, I don't ever want to come across like I know all the stuff because I don't have all the answers. But I know how to talk about it, I think. And getting in tune with how to say what you feel. Yeah, I can comfortably tell a stranger that I have anxiety and PTSD and faint and have little pseudo seizures and lose my hearing and vision temporarily. And that's Mm. all weird stuff that I used to be like, I don't want to tell people that. It's uncomfortable. Gonna you know, think I'm a freak. Yeah. So I don't <laughs> know. Kind of are just strange. <laughs> and I don't have all the answers, but I do know that we're not just supposed to lay and, and live our lives in that. No, I'm I mean, doomed have, state, which is tough. Uh, like it's so true. easy to say, but to actually do it is, is another thing because I, I fight depression all the time and I hate it. And it's just, uh, just one of those things that I carry around, but. I keep forgetting things and then I'm wondering if my mental health is getting worse or if I'm just forgetting it. like, is it actually getting worse or am I just forgetting things or did I forget how worse it actually got? And then I'm like, Oh God, like, who am I? What year is it? (laughs) This went, this got out of control really fast. Is this the real me? (laughs) I don't know who I am. It is not easy, but there are, you know, there are people out there that get it in some way or some form. You just have to be open to it and willing to go find people and just find strength in that, find strength from somewhere and just keep doing the next right thing. Like Frozen 2. Yeah. (laughs) Which I've only watched 36 times. It's just yeah, those movies are so good, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, sure you yeah. could direct the third one. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I like it. I don't mind it. I like it. <laughs> it's catchy. I like our. Uh, I like our relationship. It's unique. I think. Right. Like yeah. I, uh, I feel like you and I connect really well. We read each other really well. Have a lot of the same life experience and stuff. And I'm Christian stay at home disabled dad and you're lesbian super nurse <laughs> yeah. like, allegedly we don't get along but it's like right. bullshit right. <laughs> like I, you're one of my best friends i love it and, uh, i'm yeah. just uh thank you for giving me a, a place in your group and letting me be a part of that because that, that's helped a lot 
And uh, sometimes I forget we have it because I forget things. <laughs> we <were laughs> like we were just saying, and I get the phone call, and I'm like, "Oh, surprise! Surprise today! It's Wednesday! <laughs> Yay! I could just yeah. like disappear and talk to my people." Uh, well, thanks for good. that, and thanks for being open and telling us about your own experience and just being here today. Not easy. Not easy for a lot of people. No, it isn't. It makes you really. <laughs> think about all the things you've gone through, but also make sure think through all the things you've already made it through. Like, I think that's one of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes. I'm pretty sure we heard it in group. Maybe it was you, <laughs> but it's before you feel like you can't get through something, just remember where you've already been. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that was me. It was someone. It was, it was someone. It I remember great. the quote. <laughs> there you go. It's pretty accomplished. I can't even remember a simple joke. So. That's actually really good. <laughs> right. That's actually really good. <laughs> There's one that stuck with me lately. It's uh how small everything looks from above. A perspective thing. Yeah. Are all these little things really worth worrying about and troubling yourself over, like people's words or the stresses in your life? Yeah, you got to be selective about like, the stuff that you hang on to because there's even if you take it literally, much important shit. Yeah, take it literally, and you're up in the sky looking at all these little like it's quiet, nothing's up there. It's like, does all that bullshit down there really matter that much? Yeah, let's just focus on like what's important to us and being good to each other and stuff. Yeah, I had a patient tell me the other day, or somebody, something, somebody told me the other day, maybe it was a show. I have the worst fucking memory. Okay, brain fogs its own adventure i tell you um just the place for brain folks just remember that you're not special somebody is always going through something and there is something somebody that we can relate to there is something we can work on you know distract yourself you can do all these things but got to remove yourself from that and really just take it sometimes i I agree with that i like that I've, se- I've seen that uh, there's like a trend on Instagram of like, make yourself the main character in the world. And I'm like, I don't think we are the main character in the world. That's the point, right? Yeah. But the, if you are the main character, how are you supposed to be, I don't know, kind to other people or right? it just, it so, seems backwards. I Maybe that's like a I'm really American people. thing is like, me first, you got to be first or you're last. Right? That's me though like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not bringing it with me like there's side bits <laughs> yeah. yeah but it's i don't know it's important to know that i think and your feelings do not determine your worth oh absolutely not yeah you're right simply your relative state of comfort or discomfort right. all that is yeah yeah it's it's hard to step back from but you can do it. Highly recommend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, all right. We just did that. We did. Yeah. <laughs> first, Thanks for being here. One of hopefully many. Yeah. We can never... <laughs> Love to have you back. I mean, if you're ever just like, Dave, I got stuff to say. Let's go. Like, okay. Right. All right. Today, I have emotions about things. <laughs> yeah. Which are good. I always talk about philosophy and stoic philosophy on the show 
but people still get confused sometimes that I'm trying to say be like a statue and don't have feelings and what I'm trying to say is and what you'll find in Stoic philosophy is like have the emotions but have them properly and not destructively like it's good to have your emotions you need to have your emotions yeah it's healthy for you you just need to accept them it's better than kale you're not like all like built up about it you just have to see it yeah recognize it even if even if it sucks gotta go through it and have them i think crying is healthier than kale fight me it's way healthier than (laughs) kale (laughs) (laughs) yeah year-long dam like emotional damage from not crying emotional <laughs> damage. my wife always gives me shit like if i'm t- she asks me how i'm doing all things considering that she says and then <laughs> i kind of start opening up and then she's like well you haven't even put essential oil on it yet haven't you really and i'm just oh you just she like baits me into this actually giving a shit like a moment and then I step into it and she snares me with the essential oils and I just oh yeah Yeah. if you know you know if you know you know for sure it's (laughs) people are funny yeah stay in the fight everybody